This is Damon Albarn, and you're listening to Hallelujah Monkeys, the number one gorillas podcast in the world. Welcome to Hallelujah Monkeys for October 23rd. My name is Dylan Flynn. My name is Trevor Ickrath. Dylan, who is who is that who is that guy talking at the beginning of our podcast? Who is who is that? <laughs> I think he's a guy from uh, an early 2000s hip opera, a narrator, perhaps. Huh, okay, okay, yeah. He he sounded like the dude from that one band that did the woohoo thing, but yeah, maybe it's that what you said. It could be that too. We haven't really done our research, but he said a nice thing about our show, so we thought, why not throw him in there? What a what a lovely guy. Somebody should do a podcast about him. <laughs> sure. Hey, in my opinion, like like Andy Warhol predicted, everybody should have a podcast about themselves. But it should only last like 15 seconds, which is how long we should spend talking before we get to the news. Transition. Trevor, uh, do you think that you've spent enough money on gorillas this year so far? Yes. Well, I have some opportunities for you to spend more money on gorillas this year. Hit me with it. <laughs> Record store day. We, you know it. You love it. If you're a music nerd, it's a it's a minor holiday. It's a holy day. In their, I think in their I think year. music nerds have like a love hate relationship with record store day at least i do well anyone who's actually tried to show up at the local store that they want to support and found that the one thing they wanted wasn't there has a love-hate relationship with this thing but exactly we gotta respect that the brick and mortar music store is hanging in there by the by the skin of its teeth and do what we can to keep them afloat we gotta respect brick and mortar record stores and uh, and gorillas this year for what it's worth are doing their part is this the first time Grills have participated in Record Store Day? That is an excellent question. Was there a Do You Thing vinyl? Was that Record Store Day? I think that was Record Store Day, wasn't it? That's that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. Wasn't there some kind of a Do You Thing thing? Right, with Gorillaz collaborators Andre 3000 and James Murphy, which still <laughs> yeah. sounds really weird. <laughs> All these years later, yeah. still does not sound right. November 24th is Record Store Day, and this year we're getting a, a picture disc vinyl edition of Humans. I don't like the way these look, ever. The With the, with the printed image on the vinyl? Yeah, I can't think of one that i've i've looked at and go like oh yeah i want i want that in my collection i'll be honest to me there's still only one vinyl edition of humans that i intend to own and for some reason still don't and that's the deluxe i just want the deluxe that's all i want did you like pre-order that i don't mean the super deluxe i mean just the vinyl version of humans that has the bonus tracks on it which by the way this picture disc version does not have it so eh. they haven't pressed their copy on vinyl with the deluxe ones have they i think so i think Maybe, there is one am i am i super behind on my gorillas news i don't think that's I, don't, I feel like that's not something that's happened. Let's turn it over to our fact-checking department. Oh, we don't have one. It's just all of you guys who are going to tweet at us. <laughs> I would rather have like a cool like colored vinyl, though. That would be neat, right? Sure, I wouldn't argue with that. That seems like a, that seems like a good middle ground. But hey, if, uh, if the picture disc vinyl of humans isn't for you, maybe Jamie Hewlett's upcoming art book uh, is. This looks really cool. Yeah, December 29th. It's just called Jamie Hewlett, as far as I can tell. And it's like, uh, it, it purports, Trevor, that we're going to finally see like high-quality scans of some like never-before-seen gorillas concept stuff, and et cetera, et cetera. So, neat. Well, if any of our listeners go out and get a copy, definitely feel free to send us some scans of those or something i might i might pick it up it's it's it lists at 60 and then like today on amazon when i looked it was like on sale for 40 i was like mm, i might get that it would look really nice on the shelf next to rise of the ogre i gotta say that pretty cool cover too you've got a lot yeah, of stuff the there. you've rad. got monkey from journey to the west you got 
Murdoch. You got lots of Tank Girl stuff. It looks really sick. Yeah, really, really nice showcase of Jamie's work there. Definitely. And then what about this weird situation happening now with Garage Palace? I don't know what to make of this. Well, I was going to say, speaking of showcasing Jamie's work, we did get we got a cool little uh, drawing of Lil Sims up on uh, his Instagram the other day. No, it was on Lil Sims' Instagram. She was like, she was like, uh, coming soon, and she posted a a Jamie Hewlett illustration of herself. What an embarrassing mistake! Yeah, she's got a she's got a green hoodie on that says Garage Palace on it, or it actually says Galage Palace. Galage Palace. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> question? Discussion question. Why don't uh, we have Jamie Hewlett renditions of every collaborator? Yeah, I don't know. That seems like what? How is he spending his time? It's a big mystery. Nobody's sure. We're all we're all confused. But the main story here, Trevor, is that on the Radio One website, uh, Garage Palace is listed as coming soon on upcoming singles. So Ooh. that's the thing. This will be like what the seventh seventh quotes single. Yeah, is this like the single to to advertise an upcoming super limited edition, hundreds of dollars expensive vinyl only thing? Is that what this is? What if that's not happening and all those songs get repurposed into the fall two thing? Maybe that could be a thing. I I feel like they'll be hell to pay. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, with a small but very angry sector of the gorillas fandom. So. Bloodlust already frothing. Uh, and then I just wanted to, to surprise you with a little something-something before we left the news, considering uh, the subject of today's episode. Did you know that uh, just earlier this month, uh, IDK issued a single featuring both MF Doom and Del the Funky Homo Sapien with guest verses on it? I, I did know that, and uh, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, Dell Del drops in some uh, lyrics that are that should be quite familiar to any gorillas fan. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Should we listen to a clip of that? Yeah, why not? This will be fun. Okay, let's hear the end of Doom's verse into the beginning of Dell's verse. Let's check it out. This is a Pizza Shop Extended uh, by IDK, featuring Young Gleesh, uh, Doom, and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Let's, let's check that out. Telephone with repercussions to your well-being. Well-being. And Instagram put clowns in the jam. Doing 10 straight in the cell, hot plate, eating spam. Wanna be the man, but don't see the plan. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Little do they know. I'ma hit the front page in three days. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's what? That definitely brought a little bit of a smile <laughs> to my face uh, first time I heard it. How funny. It must be because he's he's reconnecting with the old gang and the old material that that was fresh in his mind you know yeah i mean he's been doing it live with them enough pretty fun pretty fun maybe maybe today we can we can do him the same favor and reconnect with some of his old stuff huh right i found it interesting that you chose to play a song with two gorillas collaborators on it because that's kind of going to be a rule for this next season we're going to do right yeah let's uh let's get into it in the round table it's the year 30 30 here at the Corporate Institutional Bank of Time, we find ourselves reflecting, finding out that in fact, we came back. We were always coming back. So what is this season, Trevor? It's kind of like an almost gorillas season in a way, right? Right. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering uh, collab- albums by gorillas collaborators, but we're going to kind of make it a little more specific. We're going to look at records that have at least two me- two collaborators on them working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two members of the gorillas family must be present in right, order right. to to qualify for this season. And we're starting with the the 2000 uh rap opera concept album uh Deltron 3030 by the supergroup of the same name consisting of 
Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Check. And Dan the Automator. Check. And do you count? Featuring a little bit of work uh, by Kid Koala. I, I would I would almost like give him that third slot, although he doesn't he doesn't show up everywhere. He's pretty consistent as a presence on this record. Yeah, he holds it down across the album for sure. Yeah. So Dylan, this is this is maybe ground zero for the whole Gorillas project, right? In a way, right? So this is this is where Damon meets both Dell and uh, and Dan. Although I don't think he met Dell, but he you know he became intermingled in the kind of shared universe of Dell. <laughs> right, right. And I think it's interesting that he kind of connected with this project featuring uh, two guys working together to create something kind of really artistically and ideologically driven. Because like I almost see this as a parallel to uh, Damon and Jamie's story: two dudes sharing an apartment together sit down on the couch, they turn the TV on, and they're flipping through the channels. What do they find? MTV, right? And they're looking at all these, all these processed, manufactured stuff going, hey, you know, what, you know what sucks? Manufactured pop music. We should, we should make a band about that. It's a story we all know. It's a story we all know and love. Meanwhile, over across the uh, big lake we call the Atlantic, you got <laughs> two other guys sitting down on a couch, I like to imagine. You sure. Got, you got Del the Funky Homo Sapien. And you got Dan the Automator. Yes, yes. Homo sapien and an automator together. What's going on there? It's like the original Odd Couple. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're sitting on their couch watching TV, and what do they come across? This sci-fi channel. And they, and they look at each other and go, hey, you know what's awesome? Science fiction. <laughs> we should, we should make an album about that. <laughs> do you think that Kid Koala showed up the next morning with coffee, Carrie Levy style? Oh, one can only hope. <laughs> one can only imagine. Uh, yeah, this was a very interesting week for me, Trevor, reconnecting with this material because, uh, um, well, if you if you meet some gorillas, old asses like you and me, Deltron Zero, Deltron Thirty Thirty, whatever, what have you, it's all it's always kind of been like. One of the essential, now that you're done with all the gorilla stuff, go listen to this next. This is, this is like, I think this is like your first next step. Like this is it. Absolutely. But, but there came a point in my life, in my development of my musical taste, where as I became a quote unquote serious or perhaps a self-serious hip hop fan i kind of turned my back on dell i kind of thought that backpacker shit was like a little it was too i was beyond that you know especially especially backpacker shit about like aliens and robots and like this is a hard sell i feel like we should talk about what a hard sell this album is it is but at the same time now we're living in this kind of like post janelle monet post kendrick Mm -hmm. lamar world i feel Mm -hmm. like the world of hip-hop has grown and could probably more comfortably accommodate a project like this in 2017. And it wouldn't have seemed like such a crazy alternative proposition the way that it did in 2000. And maybe it wouldn't have seemed quite so geeky and embarrassing as it did to me in say 2005, 2006, when I was kind of like, I'm over that stuff. You know what I mean? Are you familiar with the rap group clipping? No, it's uh, it's the rap group uh, uh, focused on the guy uh, who played Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton, David Diggs. Sure, sure. They literally just released this album last year. Oh, that's like, so same awesome! Same exact thing. I wonder if the, the, I wonder if they a- like, anything goes in 2016, 17 hip hop. I hope they gave some props and some interviews about. Yeah, yeah, being I hope so. Right? Yeah. Well, I got some adjectives. Do you have some adjectives? I do have some adjectives. I have three of them, in fact. All right, you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I got to describe Deltron Thirty Thirty. Dystopian. Great. Allegorical. Great. And enthusiastic. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. Allegorical is one that was really bouncing around in my head a lot this week too, because there's he 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 
takes care to like pin some of this imagery down down to our times you know throughout yeah the- and that's like that's all good science fiction does i think it uses these like uh uses a hypothetical future to kind of highlight the issues of today and doesn't he at one point explain how the resistance involves like speaking with idioms and stuff like that yep so you know yeah that totally makes sense should i give you my three yeah let me hear him okay i've got possessed okay i've got dweeby <laughs> Yeah. And then here's, I like to use my third one when I can to offer a little bit of criticism. Uh, my, my third word is meandering, because I think there's a bit of that on here, Trevor. I feel like I, I can point some of that out, too. I really like your first two words together, though, possessed and uh, dweeby. Yeah. Because whenever I listen to this album, I can't help but picture Dell as Dell the Ghost Rapper in that Mr. Freedom suit. <laughs> Like that is who Deltron Zero is to me. I mean, it's the same Dell. It's it's months across from the same Dell. So you know, the same yeah. aesthetic, the same ideas, the same opinions. And Dan the Automator is almost like this kind of like little Zen silent uh, Phase One Noodle figure. Well, and I don't know how apocryphal this is, Trevor, but supposedly uh, the bulk of these lyrics were written in like a marathon week long session. That's wild because this is a lyrically dense album. <laughs> it is like verbose. He- that's the shit in here and you know what i love it this is one of my favorite album length performances by an mc in hip-hop i i both love it and am occasionally amused at it like there's times okay there's times where i'm chuckling at this and times when i'm really grooving with it uh right you know i i said meandering there is a lot of and i'm gonna highlight on each track there's a lot of what i call cyberpunk salad on this record sure. it where, almost sometimes it feels like he's going through a checklist of tropes yeah there's you know, a lot like, of there's a lot of computer hard drive binary star system spaceship laser beam a lot of that going on on this record <laughs> there are whole songs like that i'm really glad you brought it up it's like took a space shuttle to escape trouble established my anti-gravity field killed the aliens like it's it's but you know what i've never not enjoying it yes it's very it's it never loses a sense of joy even though every now and then it's it's maybe a little bit silly but sometimes sometimes i think it's actually quite cutting and hits pretty hard you know don't don't just write this off as like a goofy experiment there's some there's some like there's some real shit on here i in my it isn't it is a very socially conscious record underneath it all Absolutely, absolutely. So we haven't given a lot of context for exactly what this is. I'm not going to come out and say that the narrative is like ironclad and super, super tightly developed, Trevor. I think it's pretty straightforward. Well, I I tried my best in each song to give like a little like one sentence description of kind of what I think is happening. Okay, I could play along with that in the opera. But uh, if you've never listened to Deltron 3030 before, it's it's obviously takes place in the future. It's about this superhero figure, anti-superhero figure, Deltron Zero, and uh, and it's kind of like his resistance against the New World Order, more or less. Right, right. We we learn a lot of that um, in the in the uh, first track or the first proper song. Do you want to talk about the intro though before we get to that? <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a there's a the, the guy the guy giving the intro kind of sounds like that guy from the beginning of our podcast. He does. I wonder if that was was that from the same session? Did he do our <laughs> our thing and this? I don't know how the time frame. Our sounds coming. a little noisier, but hey, it's Damon Auburn here to lead you into this post-apocalyptic dystopian world. He's kind of down in his in his growl register, you know. I like it a lot. It's yeah. very good. It's very good. I feel like he 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 was tapped for this for obvious reasons, and that is. American people look to British accents when they need to sound kind of spiffy and, and authorial, you know? 
Have you, and this isn't the first time, or maybe it was, and this isn't the last time that he would do some spoken word stuff for an automator project. Are you familiar with Lovage? Oh, yeah, but not familiar enough to finish this thought that you're having. <laughs> he does a great little interlude that I would love for you to for you to play real quick because I think you'd get a kick out of it and I think our listeners would get a kick out of it too. Yeah. Can absolutely. we like look it up on YouTube real fast? Yeah, absolutely. Hang on a second. Uh love that lovage baby. Should I just roll it? Yep. Oh no. <laughs> old English lovage. I do remember this. Yep. Savor the old English cordial oh, yeah. distilled from Devon herbs and spices. <laughs> Using the secret recipe handed down through generations and still one of Devon's most popular imbibes. Traditionally drunk, two parts lovage to one <laughs> Listen part. Listen to that whistle, brandy. that tooth whistle. He's so As close to the mic. Winter warmer. Yeah, sibling so like a motherfucker. A more explicit, we recommend two parts Hennessy to one part lovage. Enjoy, baby. Mmm, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Love that lovage, baby. David Avarn, the the voice of malt liquor. <laughs> sultry. <laughs> Very sultry. I really I really love the beat to this little interlude too. Like there are quite a few interludes across the album and they all have like some pretty cool sample work going on behind them. Absolutely. In fact, uh, we'll get into kind of how Automator fares throughout this record, but I mean, you know, I think over the course of this uh this season, Trevor, we're going to look in on some artists at maybe not like the the best representative of their work you know some of these albums we're going to be looking at by by bobby womack and mf doom maybe they're not the number one example of of their career i think both for dell and for automator this album might be the one this might be Absolutely. the one that you need almost to the detriment of the rest of their work because if you go into like a handsome boy modeling school project or even like a Delta funky homo sapiens solo album it suffers like it this, suffers by comparison yeah the, expecting this caliber it's just not going to get there this is like a singular moment in both of these dudes career all right you want to kick the album off proper with 3030 yo it's 3030 i want y'all to meet deltron zero <laughs> an automator all right this the story so far trevor here's what i wrote tell me if you have any objections okay uh it's 3030 the government sucks and deltron zero is a mech soldier who has gone rogue yep a former mech pilot who kind of defects against uh, his organization and the government after he kind of discovers the true t- tyrannical nature of uh, the dystopia he's kind of living in. This song is seven and a half minutes long. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It definitely, absolutely it's is. It's not seven and a half minutes long, Dylan. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh no. my God, it is. What? I thought it was like six. <laughs> no, I don't care. Dude. This is my favorite song on the album. It's very One of my good. favorite rap songs ever. I think, I think, I, I, I don't know if I can go there with you because I feel like, I feel like Dell warms up in a couple of records, but there's some good verses here and I do, I love the strings on the hook. The, the, those, oh my God. Oh, epic, epic. And like that, that slide guitar too, like... This is one of my favorite hip-hop beats ever. Yeah, absolutely. Is there beat programming on this record, or is it all sampled breakbeats? Like, That's a really good question. If there is, this one almost sounds like it could maybe have some beat programming. I don't know what, what Dan gets up to, you know? I love the break here, though. I mean, the drum sound especially is really good. 
Absolutely. There's minimal koala on this track, though, right? Is Kid doing anything here? I don't think so. I think this is this is like this is mainly Dylan Automator's show, I think, and they both like come right out of the gate with some of their best stuff. Like this first verse, like this is one of the few like rap verses that I can just go like bar by bar like from memory and just hit it like nail it every time. I have a question. When you were when you were kind of solo getting into this record a couple of months ago, I think you expressed to me that you thought Deltron Zero as a character might be lawful good. Is that still your your take on this character? I don't know. He's a he's a he's a complex dude, Deltron Zero. I think there's a good case to be made for either lawful good or chaotic good, which I know is the side you kind of came down on. Yeah, I think in an Orwellian kind of nightmare government system, like the most I could kind of create a lawful good character would be somebody who's like, I'm going to join the government and change it from within or something like that. But like, mm, that's not what like lawfulness doesn't always have to kind of side with what the society's like representation of the law is. Do you know what I mean? I understand. Like he could be lawful good just because he has these ideals that he wants to stick to. Yeah, but so does Robin Hood and he's like the definition of chaotic good. Like sure, that's he has true. an internal he has an internal code as well. But when he says shit like I'll rage a grave anything it takes to save the day, that sounds very chaotic good to me. Is the lyric really raid your grave? That's not how I hear it. I, I hear range of gray. Oh no, I heard rage of grave, but maybe you're right. Maybe uh, you're definitely right. Definitely not, yeah. I hear a range of gray, anything it takes to save the day. Well, still, even that, a range of gray, that's quite chaotic good. Yeah, that is true. You want my example of cyberpunk salad on this track? Sure. <laughs> Discussed combustible rust clusters with plus evade cyber police in a computer crib. That's great. <laughs> I love that, though. Actually, one of my favorite hip-hop lyrics of all time is in this song. Fuck dying, I hijack a mech. That's great. That's a really like, good line. Like, that should just be all of our approaches to life. Fuck dying, I hijack a Mac. Here's one of my favorite lines on this on this track, Trevor, which I, I feel like I only 75% understand, but I really like it, which is, uh, okay. copycats finish last in the human race, staying glued to safes, too prude to take a Buddha break. Great. I really like that line. A Buddha break I would take is, like, meditative, you know, like, seeking enlightenment, you know, uh, or perhaps just smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, I always wrote it as smoking weed because, you know, he, he's too pr prude to smoke weed, which is not true of, you know, Double Homo Sapien. No, not at all. Not at all. An another detail that I really like in this song is that he controls his mech with magical chants. Yes, which I yes. guess it's just like him rapping, which is great. These rap-powered mechs. Which kind of sets up the, the big battles that are coming later in this record, too. Right. There's a lot of parallels between rap battling and actual, like, cosmic battling. And I want to, when they come up, I want to point out geeky references on this record, Trevor. And, and the best one on this is definitely feeling like a ghost in a shell. Oh yeah. It's, it's so overt too. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fun ones on here. Like Dell was not, not shy about like anything cyberpunky or sci-fi that he enjoyed. He wanted to include an homage on this record, you know? There's some really deep ones too. Like I think uh, in like a later song, he talks about polymer which is like a material from Star Wars, which no, no, they no. used it's, to make it's, the- It's Plasteel, it's Plasteel. Oh, Plasteel, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the type of material in Star Wars that they used to make the Stormtrooper armor. In 2017, when you have Star Wars Wikipedia available, that shit's easy, but in 2000, if you know, yeah. if you know about Plasteel, that's some fucking deep shit. That's some deep I guarantee shit. you Dell was at least kind of into the whole like extended universe in the books and stuff. <laughs> For sure. That would not surprise For me. For sure. I bet he's read the Thrawn tr trilogy like at least once. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but yeah, 3030, not in my top three, but but undeniably like a really amazing opening to the record. 
my number one with a bullet. So next we have the Fantabulous Rap Extravaganza, the next kind of brief skit on the album, which is uh, narrated by Prince Paul. Prince Paul. Uh, who worked with De La Soul, another yeah. gorilla's, another member of the gorilla's family. There'll be a number of like De La Soul nods on this record, as a matter of fact. But which Prince- is very interesting, because if you'll remember correctly... If you put the letters of De La Soul kind of in different places, you get <laughs> Del a soul. Del a soul. Very, very eerie. Is it? <laughs> very eerie. Anyhow, this is kind of like a commercial, like a radio spot for like <clears throat> this upcoming, you know, crazy rap free for all that is going to play very heavily into our third act for our heroes. Yeah, it kind of, it's a very, it's very early to be introducing this thing though. It kind of sets up this narrative hook that like they don't pick back up again until the very, very end. Which, in a way, I like. Well, yeah, I feel like when I when I first found this record, it set me up to think that the next song was going to be a big rap battle, which it isn't, so... No, no, the next song is um, Things You Can Do, okay. which is really just kind of Deltron, like, telling you the things he can do. Yes, exactly, that's what I wrote. Story so far, Deltron has a lot of powers and abilities. <laughs> yes. However, if you look into, like, the history of the sample that the song is built around, it kind of recontextualizes it, I think. Are you, yes, like, did you yes, look I that did. up a, at the all? The Poppy Family, yeah. What Can the Matter Be? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, a- which is uh, this song from 1969 about how um, sometimes, like, you know, in a society, if, like, you're a black person, no matter what you can do, they're going to make sure that there are things that you can't do. Yeah, or if you smoke weed. They do a lot of conflating. It's, it, but it is an, sure. it's an interesting, like, it's an interesting protest song, and not the last time we'll hear from the Poppy family on this record either. Apparently, no, interestingly enough, Dan Dan the Automator must have been really into this record at the time. I've been maybe I should go back and listen to this record. It might be an interesting an interesting spin. I think tangentially we'll have to eventually. I actually really like Dan's work on this record. I especially like the the little creepy like loop that happens during the verses. There's like a very interesting, playful yet eerie loop that happens during those verses. Uh, and the outro also kind of gives us like the big first coming out moment for Koala as well. And what is that main sample that this one's built around? That like, yeah, like, I love that sound. I like it too, but I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up. I just I wish I knew what kind of instrument it was. It sounds like some kind of like low woodwind or something. I w- I know you know we keep we use a lot of the same words to describe the kind of thing that Kid Koala does as being like you know <clears throat> like like guitar solos like a big rock and roll out in front version of a, of a DJ. I, when I was listening to this, I was trying to think like, what does Kid Koala do that's different? And I think his main thing is that like, he has a lot of control over melody. Like he seems to have an extreme amount of like one-to-one hand-to-deck control over what notes he can build out of a sample. By playing something faster and slower, he almost you know creates a, li- a melody line out of a sample, which is very interesting, but it is perhaps limited. Although I don't think there's any place on this record where Kid Koala doesn't belong. He's very much at home on this record. There's a one part of one later song where I think he gets kind of annoying, but I don't I really don't have any like lofty opinions about scratching or think too much about it in general. So I'm going to I'm going to leave it to you to handle any kind of Kid Koala analysis that comes down the road. I'm going to throw out some cyberpunk salad for you, Trevor. Sure, sure. I flip the biotech right into the wireless. <laughs> Your third eye is hit with psoriasis. That's, like, that's a great lyric, though. It is, it is. But, you know, like, you know, wireless, that seems very, it's 2000. This is an exciting new word. Yeah. He never lets a computer tell him shit, though. That's true. My favorite, my favorite 
uh, phrase on this song is high velocity verbal atrocities. That's amazing. That's really good. Still, though, I kind of feel like Dell is not up to like 100% charisma yet. I feel like he holds it back for a few songs. Like, I think he becomes more at ease and more playful as the as the album gets going. I don't know. I don't even know how to how to put that though because I think I think 3030 and Things You Can Do are both strong songs. I just think that like, you know, Dell Del is modulating a little bit here where later he'll kind of go all out. Every verse he's turned in so far in this record has been like a 9 or a 10 for me. Right on. Right on. I yeah. feel you. I I really love the verses and Things You Can Do too. They're like so long and just so packed with rhymes and he's doing like such cool stuff with his flows. He's very acrobatic on this album. And it is kind of almost like, it's, it. yes, it is a boastful hip-hop song, but because it has this, like, you know, meta <laughs> costuming of futurism and Afrofuturism, it almost becomes, like, slightly satirical of your average here's all of my, my powers as an MC kind of song, you know? Yeah, like, Dell doesn't have, like, shooters who are, like, Go, go to war for him. He has like <laughs> he has the armorines, which are these like <laughs> nano spider kind of things that'll like disrupt your nervous system. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it adds it's great. It adds a level of uh, not quite irony, but something like that to the whole proceeding. Yeah. Uh, the geekiest reference: both Optimus Prime and the Decepticons get shoutouts in this song. So gotta respect right, that. Right. Right. Positive contact. This is a big one. This is a big one, Trevor. This is like a big single from this record for sure. This one is really great. Everything about this song is an absolute joy. Like everything Dell is saying, everything Automator is throwing into the mix. Love it. This was in some video games, I think. <laughs> I think this yeah, was this in... was on like I think it was in like a Tony Hawk's or something like that. Yeah, something like that, right? So yeah. my my read of what is actually happening narratively in this song, story so far, why Trevor? I think that the key line here is that Dell has established a new base of operations on Mercury. I think that's yes, like he, that's the key lyric of this song, in my opinion. Yes, he finds a little quiet corner of the universe where he can kind of devise his rebellion and gather his forces, and that's away what he's from doing. away from the watchful eye of the new world order. Yes, this is point of contact, you know, and it's positive contact. I don't love this beat. I feel like the bass is a little leaky, like like it could have used a little bit of reining in on the mastering. Um, yeah, the the actual beat itself kind of almost feels like the weakest thing about this song. Yeah, I do like yeah, the yeah, like yeah. I do like the um the. What is it called when you? I like the beatboxing. That's fun. But you know who's saying positive contact in that in that uh, sample? No, it's Pazda Noose. Really yeah, nice, Della Soul. That's from the title track of Stakes Is High. So Great. you know, even even more Gorillas connections happening. Look at that. <laughs> Uh, and also the the Dell himself gets sampled. The even if the record skips, I still rip. That comes from another Dell song from uh, No Need for Alarm. I think it's worldwide. I think that's the one. Right, and that's not the last uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien sample we'll see either. I want to talk about all those really fun samples in the chorus. You got you got the uh, the wait a minute, wait a minute, which is from uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, that Franklin uh, short that everybody seems to love. <laughs> yeah, then there's yeah yeah what is it now, which is from the original 1970s version of Battlestar Galactica. Also great. Yeah, the the hook in this song is like a it's like almost a, a plunderphonics suite. It's great. You know? And then there's my favorite, which I couldn't find a source for, unfortunately. It's that little voice that goes, we know perfectly well what it is you're talking about. That's so good. That's so it's good. It's really good. I wish Dan just... would do a little bit more of that kind of stuff in general and across all of his work. Like, I feel like Mad Lib, for example, is really good at that sort of thing. It's very, it's very like you said, plunderphonics. It reminds me a lot of the avalanches. Uh, okay, Cyberpunk Salad Time? 
Yeah, yeah, hit me with it. Mobilize my battle tanks with clusters small NTRs to empty Mars? I'm not sure what an NTR is. That's too deep cut of a reference for me, Trevor. I don't know what that I is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not enough of a sci-fi geek, I guess. You know what What lyric I fucking love on this song, though? is uh, Which one? Drift by a star, absorb it and store it, leave Taurus porous, my galaxy's gorgeous. Quantum jump, I'm right at your doorstep. That's amazing, right? Great, so good. I just picture a star with like a bunch of holes in it because he's been he's been drawing energy out of it. Very psychedelic. Hold a comet in bondage. The nerdiest reference, so I wanted to pick the 12 parsecs uh, reference, Trevor, but a little bit subtler, I like the Douglas Adams shout out when he says, don't panic. This song is so um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The entire album is, which is something I really like about it. It's very funny. It's very smart. It's it's also strong sci-fi. So yeah, it is quite Douglas adams you know. Like the imagery that this album sums up for me is the same kind of uh, imagery those books stir within me absolutely okay do we have an an order here i can't remember yeah we got saint catherine street which is kind of just like a little look into the almost like the slums of 3030 i think oh yeah 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 this is like a a little bit of extra world building uh yeah we get we get street hustlers we got prostitutes that kind of stuff who will who will visit in more depth on a, on a later track we'll we'll really get a A good look at uh, at earth's underclass in one of these tracks Sure, but next we have another one of my favorites, Virus. Top three, top three. I think top this three, is, top three. I think this is number two on the on the record. I think it's the first like truly devastating hook on the record too. The hook is great. Dell's whole amazing. performance on this song is great. He really hams it up here. Like he almost goes like full like Hamilton in terms of blending like a musical performance with like a in character performance. Ghettos are trash dumps with gas pumps. Oh, that whole second verse. He just keeps going and going and like painting this really sordid like vision of this dystopian world. It's really powerful. And it's it really cuts back on the whole just like science fiction psychobabble for a second to really do some like strong world building and like image work and stuff like that. Really cool. And though I could see an argument for Deltron Zero as a as a lawful good character, this song is chaotic good as fuck. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. total anarchy. Can't nobody stop us. It's very, very like, you know, victory by any means, right? I love I love all the whispering he does in the background too. Yeah, oh I love that. As as like the lead into the verses is so good. Yeah, yeah. I got I got some stuff cooking up in my basement. <laughs> It sounds okay. like we're, we're privy to a secret revolution, you know? It's great. It's really good. And Dylan, as as our friend Taylor Swift says, this sick, sick beat. beat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my God. Not the, not the flashiest automator beat, but like such great kind of texture work and... and that guitar? Yeah, I love the guitar. That's super great. And then you got the chorus with like, uh, or maybe not the chorus, but the bridge with that piano that comes in. I love that. Ooh, I also like, uh, I really like Koala's uh, uh, scratching on those interludes. I really like how he's taking those. I think they're mostly from like a Star Trek audio book of a, of a comic book. I love that part. I love that stuff. And, and Koala is adding a lot, in my opinion. Like, you know, sometimes that can be a little much when you're taking like a a non-musical sample and, and kind of throwing some turntablism at it. But I think it works so good here. The plan is programmed into every one of my thousand robots. Oh, yeah. Let's check in with the story. This one's very clear. Deltron Zero yeah. is, is creating a cyber attack that he hopes will cripple uh, the New World Order. 
Right, because they have all. I guess what this is meant to imply is that they have like a, I don't know a robot army or something. That'd be cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that first verse is a little silly. That first verse is a little bit like the musical version of like a really like hacky hacker scene in an episode of CSI, where he's like, "I can send this through a modem." And <laughs> there's some like a lot of this like has aged kind of like you know significantly but it's always like fun to see that kind of stuff like i love like when he goes like better by far than that old y2k <laughs> but that second verse i think is is kind of unassailable yeah oh my god it's just from the first like to the last bar just yeah, absolutely. great absolutely okay i this this next song trevor was probably the revelation of of the revisit of this record for me i gotta say when i first revisited this record a couple months ago I do not remember liking this one as much as I did. Yeah, that was my exact... This actually bottoms out my top three. This is my number three on really? the record. Yes, yes. This is this is still kind of fillery territory to me, but I really appreciate it now. It's a lot of fun. Oh, man, playlist it, in my opinion. This song is called Upgrade, uh, a Brymar College Course. Uh, so the story here is that, like, kind of through a mix of digital augmentation and, like, drug experimentation, Deltron is, is boosting his brain power. Uh, and it's and it, it almost works on kind of like an allegorical level as well. He's saying like, "Don't be a whack MC, you know, get conscious." Yes, exactly. Don't. Wouldn't you kill for a Brymar College hoodie? Like that. Would be, that would be pretty sick. <laughs> that would be such an for awesome like a Letterman jacket. Yes, that'd be exactly. great. That'd be really so good. Cool. <laughs> I love how that synthesized voice crossfades into Dell at the beginning because uh, it's doing that you know update your, your gray matter because one day it may matter the voice synthesizer here we got to check back in with gorillas because this is a gorillas project but uh it really reminded me of the same like voice synthesizer from that really long phase one oh tour my gosh in the back end from the 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 phase one dvd the thing that cast wrote it, it i swear it's the same synthesizer did that thing have a name i wish i could remember i feel like it did yeah it was like hal but something else something like that yeah right this one's cool though and i i like the beat a lot too it needed a minute to grow on me but it takes all these kind of discordant technological noises almost and turns it into something really kind of floaty yeah and well, buoyant once again i feel like dan is is at times kind of getting out of the way here, but but uh, there is some interesting stuff happening for sure. My favorite lyric in this song is when he says, uh, you've got a log on time of approximately 36 nanoseconds. That's a great one, but my favorite line on this song is the most brutal line on this album, Trevor. It is, only shred of evidence is the virtual file stored within the cerebellum hit you Berkowitz style. <laughs> That is fucking brutal. If you don't know, Dave Berkowitz was the son of Sam Shooter. So yeah. basically, he's saying like, the only evidence of everything I did is my brain. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to cat me if you want to get that shit erased. You know. And at the end of the day, it was all because of uh, Dog was telling them to do it. Also, as far as geek references go, Trevor, we got an X Files shout out on here. Nice. What was that one again? Oh, I don't remember. He just drops. He he calls something X Files on the record. I could totally imagine. Dell being week to week with the X-Files back in the day, though. Oh, for sure, yeah. Dell the Ghost Trapper almost could have been a monster of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would have been fun. That oh, man, that's that's some Gorillaz fan fiction waiting to happen. Mulder and Scully roll up to uh, roll up to Kong Studios. <laughs> Love it. Love oh, it. man. Love Please, it. somebody do that. Yeah, for sure. They could be like Brad and Janet in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, kind of, and Murdoch would be their Frankenfurter. <laughs> up next, we've got, a, we've got the new Coke interlude. <laughs> All that bass is going to break my fucking ears. That, I love this interlude, by the way. I think it's very it's fun. It's a lot of fun, yeah. Remember when you used to watch Mr. T? 
wrestle. <laughs> you know what I love about this? This is very ahead of its time. Like, I think we've only, as a society, just now started to criticize this kind of navel-gazing, uh, 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 you know... What's the word I'm looking for? The Nostalgia? Yeah, nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. You know, this kind of like, oh yeah, Coke used to take t- taste different. This guy kind of really embodies that spirit that's like become such a damaging force in our in our day and age in a way, you know? Right, but in, in this guy's defense, things probably were better than what, back then whenever, than whatever's going on in 3030. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. But I don't know. This In 2017, this was like a more meaningful interlude to me than it was in the early 2000s, I think. So, okay. So, Mastermind, Trevor, by my by my metrics is the most streamed song on this album really not a that favorite doesn't make sense all. to me not no a favorite. it's really just a song about how great dan the automator is yeah it's it? like a, it's like a boastful introduction to deltro deltron zero sidekick who is automator and i guess there's kind of like a chemistry and engineering motif here yeah yeah um, who fuses the music with no illusions producing the blueprints clueless automator defy the laws of nature <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This is I could keep going. This is fillery to me, right? Little bit. But I do um I do really like that weird little moment Dell has towards the end. He almost does a little bit of a skit with himself. Oh, I love it. It's the best part of the song. What's what? going on there? Deltron Zero is here as well to click together for real. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And, and also like, and it then, sets up my favorite my favorite part is when he goes, uh, yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, you gotta give yeah, him that. You gotta give him that. That's really so good. good. And then he's like, he's like, Did I get it? Did I get the part? Did I get the part? And he's like, Oh yeah, well done. All is well with the cosmos. <laughs> yeah, I got the part. 30-30. Like, what's going on there? That's, Did he just audition himself to be on the record? That's for sure the highlight of the whole thing. That's the highlight of the whole song, in my opinion. Like, back, like before I revisited this a couple of months ago, um, I hadn't listened to it since I was like, I don't know, 16 or something. Right. And I always remembered that part as being like a guest for a second. But no, it's nope. just Dell doing this thing with himself. Yeah, just having a little bit of one hand clapping on on this yeah. record. Uh, the the I think the beat is kind of obnoxious here, though. Like I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, the harpsichord thing. I'm pretty sure he's using the exact same break from Tomorrow Comes Today here. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure. And like this is a beat that could have actually used some drum programming, in my opinion. I don't think that that sample works here. Yeah, it's just not one of my favorite songs on the record. But that's a little bit, like, embarrassing, because this is supposed to be the highlight song for Automator, you know? This is like the... Look at all of Automator's powers, and I think it's one of the weaker beats on the record. It is funny how that worked out, isn't it? It almost feels like it could have been a late addition to the record, though. You know, maybe so. It could have been. It could have been. But if you're gonna, if you were gonna kind of like snip, 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 because I mean, this isn't a short record by any means. It's pretty lengthy. No, it's a, it's an odyssey. And yeah. it, I feel like it that that works well in this context. You know, if you're gonna have a long album, make it be this big conceptual one i don't know if getting to know automator here necessarily helps pay off the rap battle later i don't know if you really need that i i don't think so at all i've actually never made that that connection yeah maybe maybe not i don't know but up next we have another like little interlude thing the national movie review this still a bit of a head scratcher to me after all these years i love this one are you kidding me this is my favorite interlude bob and doug mckenzie shout out this is the most this is the most douglas adamsy one oh absolutely absolutely i love like here's the question okay this is framed as like a little movie review like uh discussing this work by like uh modern day renaissance men of their time (laughs) 
Bob, Bob and Doug, and Doug McKenzie. McKenzie. Who, who uh, look, there's, they barely mean anything to people of our age, so we should right. probably quickly explain. There used to be, from from the, the Chicago uh, Improv Comedy Institution known as Second City, uh, there used to be this whole SCTV collective, and two of their biggest quote-unquote stars were these guys, Bob and Doug McKenzie, who, who did these characters as like these kind of Canadian yokels who would like drink beers and go, oh man, you hoser. That was like their whole shtick, you know? Right. And they and they did some movies. They did lots of sketches. And this is this is kind of like you know hyperbole uh, extolling the virtues of their work. <laughs> but I love thinking about this interlude like a little more closely than that because like Bob and Doug McKenzie, this movie by these like you know modern day Renaissance men of their time gets three thumbs up. Is that because this is the only kind of art and culture that's left over from our era. Oh, right. Like Like it's been, it's been deemed, you know, not subversive enough to still exist, you know? Well, either that or like is, yeah, that's the other thing. Is this the only kind of art that the government allows these people to consume? (laughs) Right. And yet it's still kind of like escape from the, the crushing reality because it's like a more carefree time, you know? It's such a great little subtle piece of world building like that. I like this one a lot. Plus the, the background music I, is really good. I would like. I wish I knew where this was sampled from. But that all it also works as an excellent geeky reference because yeah. that's some real geek shit. <laughs> Three thumbs up. All right, are you ready for my favorite song on the record? This one is really good. Madness, Madness so fucking good. These verses are incredible. Like the intro is so good that it could have been the hook. Like that intro is so good. And and it's a De La Soul reference. Uh, uh, the magic number by De La Soul has got that line. Everybody wants to be a DJ. Everybody wants to be yeah. an MC. So more De La Soul nodding out to on here. But man, fuck, I love this song. I love that bass. The bass on the verses is like so great, so crazy, so playful. And how about that weird like kazoo sample that Kid Koala's scratching on? I fucking love that too. And like, it's a great beat. I think that these are some of the most cutting verses on on the record, in my opinion. Like, how about, uh, uh, no, I can't slap you five when you and your cutty is talking shit about me outside. That's amazing. And then also, oh, I love this. We may act different in some ways, but we still group together like a fucking survey. It's great. One of the most like socially conscious cuts on the record too. This one almost kind of breaks from the the endless cyberpunkery of the rest of the record. This one and one other song on the record like could almost just be set in the modern time, you know. True, and I think I know what other one you mean too. Do you um do you have to do the acapella part along with them every time the beat drops out? Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, madness. I I also love that hook, which by the way is another Poppy Family sample. Sample. Right. Yep, and there's another Del the Funky Homo Sapiens sample in this one too. The uh, by Rhyme and Shield, the Flex Your Puny Rhyme, which yes, is from yes. Whack MCs from No Need for Alarm. I like that. That's a fun thing that Dan's doing on this record. You know, sampling other Dell material. That's like a that's interesting. You don't hear a lot of that anywhere, really. No, but yeah, I, I like it a lot too. But this is so like this is I read this song as like a cry for help and like positivity, even though. Deltron Zero is feeling kind of beaten down by the state of the world. Yeah, and I've always seen this as kind of the climax of the plot as well. Like, this is kind of when, like, uh, the virus is taking effect and kind of infrastructure is kind of crashing down around us. And he's, like, directly calling out to the people of Earth, you know, hoping hoping to find, you know, kindred spirits who will join the resistance. Speaking of kindred spirits, 
time to meet Cleophas Randolph, the patriarch. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I this is another. I don't know that the, that I need necessarily this this interlude, Trevor. This is like maybe the most skippable skit on the thing for me. Oh, this one's fun, and I like the line um, sitting on the. Bur- sitting on the curb what used to be the burbs and before that was canarsie which kind of i think implies like uh canarsie which is like uh which was like a area of brooklyn i think oh right right um out like like that has collapsed and then it was kind of so they built a suburb over that and then the suburb collapsed so we've like gone through a couple different societal collapses i think by 3030 i guess in a way i understand why it's here right because it's kind of setting up this whack mc thing where like the next song is going to kind of compare Deltron to other MCs, so it does kind of make sense in that context. I don't know. It doesn't do much for me, though. Yeah, it's just a little bit more of, like, a world-building thing, I think. I do use his mnemonic device to remember the difference between stalactites and stalagmites, Oh, that's though. pretty good. The, yeah, that is... Mites that is, crawl up, tights fall down. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> then we have what is probably the the song on this record that the most Gorillaz fans have listened to, right? Right, and you know what? It's also coincidentally my least favorite track on this album. It is not great. Time keeps on slipping. The big Damon Albarn feature on this song is not great. <laughs> it's, it's got our boy on it, but I don't really like what our boy's doing. Not particularly. I don't like what the other boys are doing on it either that much. I think Dan the Automator shares a little bit of blame for not cutting out any of these melodica ad libs that really oh God, don't need to be unbearable. there. <laughs> This whole beat is hard to listen to. What it needs, you need Cass Brown there doing his little telephone bit, telling David that the cops are there. (laughs) Dell also doesn't bring anything special to the table here. In fact, I think he's immediately annoying, yelling, uh, yeah, that's that funky, funky shit. The best thing he does on this is that great little wordplay, uh, empty siphon my likeness, biting my insides like five enchiladas, and then Dan plays that low synth that sounds like a rumbling stomach. You know, like, right. I do love that wordplay of like my insights as in my lyrics versus my insides, like my guts. That's a, that's a fun, like that's smart, but it doesn't say this song, unfortunately. <laughs> and why do you think they would make a song that's so easily like, uh, you know, baits the discussion of, uh, Steve Miller band? I don't know. Good question. That is, I, that did occur like, to me. What's going on? Like that's, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Is this a fucking like looking at the track? So I was like, is this a Steve Miller cover band song? You know? Time keeps, keeps on, on slipping, slipping, slipping. Yeah, yeah. slipping. It is like, and it's weird. I like that song a lot better. Can we play a little bit of that song for a second? Sure, let's hear let's hear a little bit of that. Time nice. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into Some Steve Miller band, gotta love it. Damon is fucking high on this song for sure. Like he's yeah, he's doing his melodic. He it just it, I wish he'd found a more memorable hook there than the one that he settled mm-hmm. on. You know, but you know, if it never happened, we might not have had gorillas, right? That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But he's much better serviced in his little narrator role, I think, than he is on this tune. Definitely, definitely. I like this next skit a little bit. The news, a wholly unsubsidiary of Microsoft Incorporated. <laughs> Worth it just for that title, I think. Great. You know? Great. In this Good. era of fake news, uh, in 3030, the news is owned by Microsoft. And I think the MSNBC merger had just happened, so it was very timely. So the announcer here is played by um, an Icelandic musician whose name I can't pronounce. Can you? No, I can't. It has some H's in it. I'm not even looking at it right now. <laughs> but okay. she also does a little singing on the end of it, too, right? She's from some Icelandic band, I believe. 
Right, and did you look up the translation, what she's saying? Yeah, it's kind of fun and clunky. It's sort of like, the aliens are here, we're very scared. <laughs> we have much worries that Armageddon is really close, and we should find refuge. Yeah. We're not sure what to do in this situation, but these weird creatures are starting to behave pretty strangely. These aliens are making people really scared, so we really need to be cautious towards these creatures. <laughs> That's some good, good advice. That's some good Good copy. advice. Yeah. I do like the little singing bit that she does there at the end. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's a very, very dark sounding track. But this is Speaking fun. Of dark I, like, sounding tracks. I like the idea of the kind of like global picture that it's painting of, of all the shit that's going down, you know? This really sounds like society collapsing for sure, yeah. Definitely. Uh, and then we and then we move into the track that I was mentioning earlier, kind of a snapshot of the of the crushing existence of Earth's underclass uh turbulence remix. Yeah, this really feels like the curtain has been torn down. Absolutely. And Dell's laying it all out for you here. It's definitely the darkest cut on the record. Be inside by nine o'clock or we will shoot ya. <laughs> yeah, can I just like read that entire part? Because it gets darker as it goes. Fuck yeah, that second verse is great. Go for it. They just lecture the youth about having respect and couth toward the U.S. And you guessed it, the rest get imprisoned or incisions in their medulla. Brutal. No president, we have a ruler. You are about to be inside by 9 o'clock or we will shoot you. Missile launchers haunt you in your nightmares. It ain't quite fair. Little tykes ain't prepared. They've got your wife naked bare in the subway for some thug play. Neo-punks with cerebral pumps for enhanced recognition of politicians and witches. Senior citizens are disposed against their wishes. Aliens landed and said our planet wasn't worth invading. Harsh. All the natural resources are fading. Harsh. Harsh. Like, it just keeps going. You're like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love the line about the propaganda about your fearless leader who got 200 bodyguards so you can't touch them either yep it's been a few it's been a few songs so should i throw out a little bit of cyberpunk salad sure yeah in a hovercraft not no bubble bath turbo boost (laughs) 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 just gotta check a few boxes there (laughs) just make sure make sure people know where we are this is really cool though the beat is very dark parts of it almost sound like it could be from like a like black exploitation film from the 70s or something yeah absolutely absolutely this almost could have been earlier in the in the record to kind of like give you a little bit more of a picture of of life on earth but i guess it works here too as kind of a big i think it works really well here yeah yeah. pretty sick song actually this was another one that like i don't know if it's playlistable because it's not exactly like a hanging out jamming out but it was it was fun to come back to this and like be like oh shit yeah this one's great this one's great yeah after all that darkness though it's time to (laughs) kind of lighten up a little bit yeah you might have forgotten but we got a rap battle to go true the fantabulous rap extravaganza part two which is very similar to part one it's in stupicu (laughs) which uh that's more or less another little commercial teeing up uh i guess you would call this the like kinetic climax of the record battle song kind kind of i guess it's almost like this little like bonus sequence after we've done the actual plot heavy shit it's like now let's just you know have have some fun a little bit well the idea is that now deltron and automator enter into this galactic rap tournament which is like where they where they're very dominant and i think that the idea is they'll they'll use this as the coming out party of like you know we are anonymous in a way of of by winning this thing they'll have all this visibility and the resistance will grow Oh sure, maybe I guess so. I thought everything's already been taken care of by this point. No, it's still it's still happening. Shit's all shit's still going. I don't down. know. I don't know. That's not how I've always read it. I've, I've this is Deltron, you know, just getting to kick back afterwards. Well, I mean, the real kicking back happens on the next tune. But anyhow, you basically just have Del like going from opponent to opponent, you know, having his his psionic rap back warfare with them. 
I love this song. This is in my top three, actually. I don't know if it, if it quite works for me as like a song song, but it is a very fun like sci-fi take on that kind of Wu-Tang song where they battle rap each other, you know? It's great. I, I could listen to this for like 10 minutes, honestly. I think it's so much fun. It made me kind of wish that there were guests MCs on here playing the people he was battling though. That would have been cool. It's a shame that there are actually like no legitimate guest verses on this record because I would have loved to see who they would have like gotten to kind of and how they would have ingratiated into the project. I could have absolutely seen MF Doom ending up on a on a record like this for sure. Oh man, don't even don't even get me started. I like the I like the bit where he goes uh, uh, that little interlude where he's like, "With Mike in place, we we were off breathing frost in the void, thinking what what if we had lost hot, entertained, and ignorant thought." I like that. Bit. I like when he goes, "Computer, what have you?" <laughs> which is crazy. like um, which is a reference to that really old uh, video game that they made that um all your base meme out of. Yeah, uh, it's like not zero mission, but it's something like that. Uh, yeah, and then and this is also where he shouts out plastic armor. Yep, and there's this great. Great little Eric B and Rakim uh, sample from I Know You Got Soul, where that's that's the one that just goes, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that's also great. <laughs> Which I wish I just could play at will whenever somebody asks me for something. You know that little kind of vocal ad lib that ends every verse here too? Um, Remind me? The one that's like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that Damon Albarn? It sounds like Damon Albarn. Oh, good question. I don't know. He's not. It really sounds he, like Damon Albarn. I don't think Albarn. he has a credit. But it could no, well but be. I don't know if he would get a credit for something like that. For you sure, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so slight, but I've always thought it sounded like Damon. Who knows? Love story, though. Yeah, love story. So my take on this is that he's like celebrating his victory in that rap tournament, right? And so he decides he wins the rap battle. He gets ten grand. He decides to head back to Oakland yeah, and show exactly, a little bit. Exactly. Got to got to have a little Oakland represent, even on this weird cyberpunk space opera. Yeah, but I mean, considering it's the future, I guess Oakland has frozen over and he needs to go defrost his headquarters. Yeah, it's loose and it's playful on the verses and on the beat, but I don't think I don't consider this to be like one of the more memorable cuts on this record. I don't know about no, you. No, it's just a weird little track in general. You know, he goes back home. Um, he then he like eventually he there's this verse about him calling in sick to his day job. Yeah, I wonder. I I almost took that as like a maybe a flashback or something. I don't. I think, like, like I said, I think he goes back to civilian life. It could be. I, he, or, does, like, he does you know, definitely was, go to to con- conventions where he signs merchandise from fanboys. Isn't that great? <laughs> like he's just, like this, just this war hero going around to like comic conventions and stuff. Great delivery on. They admire my enhanced stanzas and how I dodge manhunts from security, security cameras. cameras. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Then he sees a girl he wants to talk to, but he's too nervous. So he sends, um, like, a, a robot double of himself to go over and flirt with her. Yes, and this is a reference to Total Recall, the uh, the the mutant woman with three breasts, only this is a mutant with three booty cheeks. Right, right. And she got one eye, which is cool, though. That's cool. It's cool, though. Total Recall yeah. is, a, is a good one, man. I like Total Recall. That's a, that's a Philip K. Dick one, right? Yes, and it's a, it's a Paul Verhoeven movie, and it kind of is in that sweet spot when Paul Verhoeven was making, like, oddly subversive Hollywood movies, you know, like Starship Troopers okay. and, and Robocop and shit. What are some of your other uh, favorite works of science fiction, Dylan? Discussion question. You know, when I was a kid, I was so into Ender's Game. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've actually never seen it. You know, you should read it. I think you, the YA, oh, right, it's a book, yeah. the YA brutality of it, I think would appeal to you, but there's some ideological stuff in it that I think is kind of fucked up. But yeah, it's yeah. it's still a very interesting like glimpse into war and its effect on young people. And anyway, interesting piece of, of literature for sure. Probably still the most like 
influential science fiction book in my uh, life. I've always been a big 2001 guy. 2001 is so good. I have all kinds of theories about the end. This isn't the podcast for it, but we'll get into it someday. <laughs> we'll get into it. We're going to have to review that movie because they um, made a gorilla's character that was a light parody of a character from that That's film. That's a good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> I got us. In, in Halloween Monkey's season 5 million. 5 million, yeah. When we're, when we're ageless and cursed to make this podcast forever. <laughs> Just trapped in a void. Now we're down to the uh, last track, Memory Loss. Yeah, so earlier I mentioned that there were kind of two songs on this record that break from the kind of, you know, overlay of science fiction. I would consider this to be the second one. Yeah, this one's very kind of like uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on kind of stuff. I think it's very strong. I think it's a very strong closing track. And I guess there's... It's a very powerful note to go out on. There's some, there's some supplemental shit, Trevor, that would suggest that there's an unrealized uh, plot beat here where, like... The New World Order reestablishes itself, abducts Deltron, and wipes his memory and, like, puts him back in the army. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I didn't get that. It's not really present in the lyric, but I guess I guess it's okay. referred to in some supplemental stuff. Huh. But either way, without that even, uh, I love this beat. Not just the horn, but that really amazing textural guitar, that bam, 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 bam. That's so good. And Sean Lennon delivers like a great hook here. Yeah, Shibo Mato Rolodex draw, just like just like uh, uh, our, our our good friend from the self-titled Miho Hattori. It had to. It had to have been something like that. Absolutely. There's some really good stuff on here. I think. I think that the line that always sticks out to me is uh don't think that i'm living that dream when the irs repossesses most of your cream Oof. pretty good cutting yeah is he kind of like criticizing people for wanting to go benedict arnold or is he celebrating people for going benedict arnold i don't know this has always been kind of like a mysterious track to me i'm not sure where dell is coming down on any sides of the kind of kind of the scenarios he's setting out here because i mean Pretty much literally, Deltron Zero went Benedict Arnold when he when yeah, he defected from the army and fought against it, you know? Maybe he means like, you know, turning on turning on your own people. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Yeah. Mainly though, I think this song is, you know, this is kind of like uh kind of the thesis of any good science fiction work, you know, if we don't mind the past, we're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. It's all speculative fiction, or at least good speculative fiction, should be telling us something about our own world. And I love that he shouts out Oakland as the birthplace of the Black Panther movement. That's very mm -hmm. cool. This is close to my top three, but I think it's like a perfect way to end, even though maybe it feels slightly out of step with the, with the hip opera. I feel like it just kind of really does bring all of the themes home. It's oddly dark after having two songs that were very lighthearted in nature. Yes, yes, but we can't, it can, you know, we can't just have birthday cake forever. We gotta, right, exactly. We gotta, we gotta eat our vegetables eventually. Yeah. You know, even if we did topple the evil empire, you know, if we just keep rap battling and flirting with girls through robots, it's all just gonna happen again. Even if those girls have three booty cheeks, we still have yep. to be aware that there are problems in this world. Uh, that brings us to the end. Oh, no, sorry. We have we have one last track, right? Right. The ass man must speak. Uh, yes, and this is more Damon, right? This is Damon? Right. It's, I think it's the exact same take as the intro. They just play it over, just kind of a little scratched and manipulated a bit. And it gives me, the feeling is like, 
we're look we're listening to the same tape, but now it's way even further in the future. Like we're just hearing like an old archive of this of this sound. That's what it always makes me think of anyway. Like but we're always coming back. Yeah, recovered by the by the technomancers of the ruined earth in, in a thousand years later in forty forty. Right. Who come back and find this this record. That's what it always makes me think of anyway. Maybe in a, a thousand years people will find this album and think that like I you know, maybe like in like in like the year five thousand they'll find this and they'll think it's from the actual year thirty thirty and they'll think that this is an actual historical document. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I would hope, right? The way that Bob and Doug McKenzie meant so much to the people of thirty thirty, maybe thirty thirty would mean a lot to the people of, I don't know, twenty ninety or something. We can only hope. <laughs> this was a, a lot of fun, Trevor. You know what? We still got it. We still got it. <laughs> we do. We're back at record reviews. It's a post live episode show. We're in season five. Yeah. And we've got a lot of stuff that we've got a lot of fun stuff that we're gonna talk about i think we should leave like some spoiler curtains up though let's not like you know go down the line and say what we're going to be discussing later on in this oh season. yeah no, no, think- no you might have heard me name drop a couple of people earlier and from that you might be be able to kind of like expound on what you think we're going to review but you know well, pe- people are going to be able to like guess most of it regardless i think but let's just keep, <laughs> sure. keep going ahead blind in the future maybe we should talk about what we're going to be covering next week but that's it oh yeah that's a good idea what are we doing next week next week we're going to be taking a look at uh, another girls featuring rapper and producer working together in their own little corner danger doom i can't wait i can't wait so, trevor i'm really excited it's a little collaborative record from 2000 was well, 2005 or 2006 and i think it's just as weird as this one we just talked about but very different in a very different way <laughs> yes very in a very different way you got you got danger mouse on production you got mf doom handling mc duties across the whole record and it's it's going to be a good time i'm I'm excited to get to that that gives y'all out there a week to listen to go back listen to danger doom get your thoughts together and you can kind of mentally join in with the discussion next week right absolutely yeah because and i'm i'm going to be interested in seeing what this experience is like for kind of like younger girls fans who maybe aren't familiar with some of the with with some classic adult swim Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, how does that date this, in the year 2017, right? And this must be a weird record if you can't remember, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Space Coast. But we'll talk about <laughs> no all that kidding. next week. I mean, I barely remember Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. So Okay, so I think this is something I wanted to say at the end of the uh, live episode. But I think it would be really cool if everybody got on Twitter and tweeted at the official Gorillaz account. Oh, shit. Thank you for meeting at Gorillaz Fancast. At the forum in LA. This is a great idea. We should totally be doing this. <laughs> yep. Thank, thank you. Tweet at Gorillas. Thank you for meeting at Gorillas Fancast. Tag us. Because I feel like there's a, like a, there's a 50-50 shot that if enough people tweeted and we get that sweet follow back, you know? That'd be great. Want to get that follow back. And then an interview with the boys. Just yeah, a couple off, DMs away. Off to the races. So yeah, definitely do that. Tweet that word for word. Thank, Thank you, you for, for meeting, meeting Gorillas Fancast at the forum in LA. Yeah, definitely tweet that. We would really appreciate it. Anybody who yeah. does that will also get a follow back from us. Totally. Do you want to tell people where they can find us online and stuff? Yeah, until next time, you can get up with us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Amino. You can send us an email to hallelujahmonkeys at gmail.com. You can join our Discord at discord.me slash monkeys with a Z and meet up with all the fabulous uh, members of the community who you met on last week's episode, like Hi Saffron and Carmen and everybody else. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We always love that. And I also want to give a shout out to Stew Pot, uh, who you very briefly heard on last week's episode, who is uh, now 
now responsible for our YouTube page. You can YouTube Hallelujah Monkeys uh, or check out Stu Potts DeviantArt at stewpotato.deviantart.com. She's doing a great job running our YouTube page. And of course, uh, if you want to help us out with a, with a little donation, you can always go to patreon.com slash Hallelujah Monkeys. We thank our patrons so much. We got some new uh, patrons from last week's episode, which I really appreciate. We Every little bit helps with the, with the cost of hosting and getting this fa- fabulous podcast to you, the listener. Anyway, that's all I got, Trevor. For now, I've been Trevor Ickrath. I've been Dylan Flynn. And until next week, don't get lost in heaven. Demo. Positive contact. Positive contact.